the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham. And yes, you're listening to Seth Liebson's show. And he is away today, working hard, doing his thing. And I am here filling in and hopefully being able to bring you some interesting information, but kind of the reality of such. For those of you that are joining right now, I'm going to recap some of the stuff that we went over the last couple hours. But the reality is... We've got just like information overload. People are becoming paralyzed. People aren't listening to radio anymore. They're not reading the newspaper. They're not looking at the Internet or blogs or what have you because their brains are exploding. I can't tell you how many people have told me they've turned the notifications off their cell phones because they just can't do it anymore. It's like every two seconds something new's coming along. Then you go on to YouTube or maybe you're somebody that trolls around on TikTok or your Snapchat and you're everywhere. It's just like ads are just coming and they're just like, you know, they're just getting you. And it's and it's getting exhausting. I mean, it's to be expected every election. But now with the the firepower that we have in our pockets with these handheld devices and such, and then the ability to target us is so much better now. It's just like everywhere we turn around, we're getting this message in our pocket, right? It's like message in a bottle, but it's message in our pocket. It's intimate. It's up close and personal, and they're getting it to us. It's overwhelming because we are becoming oversensitized and we can't process. So how do you do that? I go eat. I eat ice cream. I eat candy. I eat anything with carbohydrates. I get fatter by the moment every time this happens because it's my safety place is just to eat and to relax and watch movies. That's kind of where I go. And then sometimes, well, actually all the time, I end up on the jiu-jitsu mat and try to uh, torture my training partners because, or get tortured, quite honestly, by my training partners just to try to relieve some stress. But it's overwhelming. Look, I went through this before, but the, the headlines are, I mean, you start hearing things about this. We've got five days, really, until the election you get there. We've got Beverly Hills announcing that Rodeo Drive is closing down. They're going to shut it down and they're going to board up everything. And just because they're preparing for the violence to move into that area and do it. You've got voters. Three out of four voters have said they're worried about violence during this election. Three out of four. I mean, put your head around that. That's you and me, maybe, right? That we're afraid that something's going to happen. I know a lot of people that are preparing, you know, talking about preppers. I've got a guy that was talking to me about owning a pistol or another type of pistol. He's not a gun guy. And the questions he were asking me, I'm like, man, you've been doing your studies. People are just doing things that are out of character because this has been a psychotic episode in our American history where people are just having, uh, they're disinterested with the truth and they're all engulfed. With emotion overload, right? Let's call people names. Let's smash on you. The left has made it very difficult. And, and granted, there's people on the right that have been equally disrespectful or what have you, but not at the magnitude of burning down buildings, you destroying property, knocking people's teeth out. My son, for heaven's sakes, was beat up 
He was jumped by three guys that thought he's a racist because he's a MAGA supporter and three white kids, right? And here he is. They're pounding on somebody that has interracial family, calling him a racist. And they just don't know what they don't know, but the emotions are and the excuses are there. The rioters, the plunders, everybody's getting a pass. I mean, Monopoly would run out of get out of jail free cards. I mean, they can't publish and print enough for what's happening between the actors and all these quote influencers that are paying bails off, letting people off or not arresting. I mean, it's just pathetic. And we get to this point and it's overwhelming. You've got the DA of Philadelphia who's threatening the president saying, I'll show you if you get these uncertified poll watchers here. And he's threatening the president. Walmart pulling ammo and guns and displays out of the store because they're afraid of when they get looted. Okay? So you just get to the point where you go, and then you try to layer on the positives, right? We have record economic growth, record mind-blowing economic growth with our GDP, 33% and higher GDP growth in one quarter. The last quarter was 31% down. This next quarter is 33% up. It's people trying to stoke growth into the economy. It is remarkable. Then you have, again, people like Rick Santelli with CNBC who want to color it as no big deal. When I think the highest that I found all the way back to 2011 was about 5% growth in GDP for a year, for a year, okay? And you see this in one quarter, it's remarkable. So again, the president's unapologetic. There are times where I could, I wish I could put some velvet mittens on his hands and he could use them, his kick gloves a little differently with some of the people he interacts with, but he's an equal opportunity expresser. Let me tell you what I mean by that. This guy, if he thinks you're dumb, he's going to tell you you're dumb. If he thinks you're remarkable and you are somebody to brag about, he does that, okay? If you, I've been in rooms with him and I've watched him. Like my 13-year-old daughter at that time, she's 17 now, talking to the president. I'm watching him just locked in on what she's saying. He's listening to every word. And then he continues to have a conversation with him. So that was a good conversation. I've watched other people where they throw out some weird, like, non-fact-based reality to him. And he looks at it and goes, huh. And then he's off to the next discussion because he, he figures you're not going to waste his time on that, right? He's going to go where there's value. He's only has so much time in the day. See, one of the things that we forget through his whole election cycle, that guy's doing a job, too. He's protecting our nation. You see the, the people in the Pentagon that are being threatened with their lives because they're being targeted by Iran and stuff to try to get back at our folks because of what had happened with Soleimani. So you go through all of these different things. You've got multiple plates in the air, and he's running the campaign. Okay? So it's wild and crazy, to say the least. But it's information overload. Going into all these sessions, we've been talking about the polls. The polls are changing right in front of my eyes as we go there. We just got another poll out, just came out on Real Clear Politics. that shows that Trump is up by one point in Michigan. Okay? That's where I grew up. Now, again, I have a mixed family. I would say that no, I won't even ask my family how they're registered to vote. But they, they behave like an independent voter, That my, my siblings and such and their families. They're very pro-Trump right now. Very, very. I have a cop is one brother, a firefighter is another brother. And then my sister and everybody, they're all, they have manufacturing businesses and doing things like this. They're, they're involved with their hands and they're so blue collar all the way to public service and you name it. And then I have my buddies in Detroit and the car and auto and tech industry. They're all saying Trump. Now, whether that's a legitimate test or not, there's an unusual momentum because they did not talk like that in 2016. 
Okay, I think the governor there has helped quite a bit with the election outcomes that are coming. And so some of the normal predictive elements, you can't even apply them to Michigan anymore. The other thing about Donald Trump, and I had said this before, is you've heard about disruptive technology before. And I don't know if everybody understands that concept. I've talked about it when I've been on the show before. But if you look at like Uber, for instance, Uber, you, you push a button on your phone. They have a driver come to you. You rate the driver. It's quality issue. Da, 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 back and forth. It's very convenient, easier than taxis. That was disruptive. Instead of having to call a cab or wait in line for a cab, you just hit the button and you have some kind of personalized service that you can define it to some degree. That is disruptive technology that started here and spread over the world like voila. It went from a rather small company to a multi-billion dollar organization, publicly traded company and such. And people go, wow, that's disruptive. So what happens when you disrupt, the reason why they call it disruptive is that it goes against the grains. There's very little you can do by way of being predictive with it because it's charting a brand new course. It's like looking at the Amazon jungle and pulling out a machete and saying, I'm going that way. And look, it's going to be a lot of work. You're going to hack through the bush and you're going to do what you possibly can to get where you're going. But the outcome and the destination is where you're trying to get. And those with the best plan, the sharpest machete are going to get there. With this disruptive technology and Uber, for instance, they did it. So here comes Trump, right? Everything that every political pundit or campaign strategist or consultant has ever told somebody to do, don't do this because, don't do that because, don't do this because you're going to have bad outcomes. He's like, yeah, whatever. He crumbles up the rules, throws them out the window. He does everything <laughs> to the opposite. He is politically incorrect. He shakes it up. He's brutally honest. He's unapologetic. He leans into fights. He makes people uncomfortable. And then he does this, that, and the other. And then guess what? He fulfills his promises. He's a disruptor. So how do you put a productive, predictive model against a guy like that? He's changed modeling in politics forever, forever. Okay, you just can't. Now you look at people all over the world. They're like criticizing him of twi- twi- uh, Twitter and all the tweets that he's doing. But if you look, how many world leaders are using Twitter right now? All of them are using it. How many of the Democratic Party are using it right now? All of them are using it. So where they can be critical, even Jeff Flake, he's like, oh, the president is just such an evil guy. And he's so I can't believe he's Twitter. Well, where is he saying that? He's saying that on Twitter. So just hypocrisy galore. But the reality is they find their way back to this disruptor. And I don't I just don't know any formula that really applies to trying to predict the outcome for Donald Trump. If you can predict how he's going to act in the next rally, I'll give you a 100 bucks. But likely you're not going to be able to do it. The reality is he is who he is and who he wants to be at the moment. But more than anything, he's got policies, practice, promises that are being great for this American public. So when we come back, I'm going to touch on polling a little bit because of those that are joining us late. But I'm curious, have you answered a poll? If you have answered a poll or if you have refrained from answering it, I'd love to hear what you say. 602-508-0960. Maybe you're hiding out and you're going to surprise people as we get closer to this election day. So Robert Graham, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham filling in for Seth Leapson. It is that time of day, 521. And hopefully you, if you've been able to go to work, hopefully you're having a nice drive home and you can relax a little bit. I'll tell you what, the traffic is almost back to normal. I, I would tell you the only thing I liked about COVID was, uh, I, you know, I have an essential business or critical business, whatever you want to call it. And I'm sure many of you would say the exact same thing about your business, but I, I had to drive into the office and it was beautiful. I mean, I, there wasn't a car everywhere. I just got to where I needed to be and it was amazing. 
But then the reality sets in that, hey, this is not so amazing because people are not out there buying goods and services and our economy is headed for a brick wall if we're not too careful. So the reality is you get there. We talked about it going into the break about this great disruptor, Donald J. Trump. And then you come in and you start looking at the polling information. Again, reiterating some of the things I'd said earlier in the, the last hour. So when I was chairman of the Arizona Republican Party, it was... It was up close and personal. We were making the calls. We had over 180 employees. We were dialing. We were surveying every single demographic that was under question, whether it was uh, minority male, 65 years old and up, if it was suburban, white, female, educated, single woman, whatever. Okay, we were there trying to make the calls, getting intimate, up close and personal as it related to the real results because the polling was so whacked out. We're seeing some of the same experiences now where we're starting to question the polling. We've got people that have told me they will not answer the poll. I had somebody today that told me that they're answering them and not truthfully. They're just tired of it. So when they say, are you voting for Biden? They say, yes, they do it. And they're really voting for Trump. So who knows what's going to happen and who knows what the integrity of these polls really, truly looks like. The reality is it has to give you some pause, okay? It makes me concerned when I see the numbers that are being displayed that show him behind in some of the critical areas he needs to be. And if if you say, ah, that's just fake. Well, the reality is it might not be fake, okay? So we want the people in Pennsylvania to turn out for us. We want the people in Ohio and Michigan and North Carolina to turn out for us and Florida Wisconsin, we want them to turn out for us. If we win those states, we've got this, okay? But if, you, if they feel like those numbers are fake and that their vote doesn't count, man, it's crazy. Speaking of Martha McSally, when she won her first time in Congress, she won by 167 votes, okay? If you don't think your vote counts, it's crazy, okay? We get there and we make it happen. So, Hey, we've got a little detour from our topic that we're talking about right now today, but we've got Mike from Phoenix calling, and he's got a comment about term limits. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you? Good. Good to hear you again. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate all your insight. You've been around, and I know senators and Congress people have, you know, they're not going to vote limited terms in, but how was that process, how does that process happen to get limited terms for these senators? So on a on a national level, you've got it, it's, it's about a you know you've got a constitutional amendments right you've got a and that's a, that's a beast okay to to try to adopt or to process and I don't know if I'm the best best guy to ask as it relates to the absolute process for doing it but um, when you do when you look at the United States Constitution there is a process for amending the Constitution they talk about constitutional conventions. And the number of votes and da, 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 that have to happen to do term limits, and then at state levels, generally speaking, it's up to it's up to the state. You can you can if the state might be constitutionally based as well as as their limits are set up, it might be legislatively based as it relates to the state and their limits, and then it's up to the people in that state to move it along. If we do constitutional amendments here, there are props that start with one, like one hundred, this, that, or the other. And then um, if it's moved by the – if the legislature is able to do it, uh, that's one thing. And like you said, they may or may not do that. Um, are you for term limits or are you against term limits? I'm definitely for it. I think our forefathers' main intent was for them to serve for a certain point in time and then move on, get back into you know their normal life, whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. 
kind of a citizen legislature. That's that's how our legislature is defined here in the state of Arizona as a citizen legislature, and that's part of the reason why they're they're grossly underpaid too, is because people keep coming back to that definition. But I want to throw something at you just to think about, and and the other people that are that are listening in. So I've, I thought a lot about term limits, okay? And I, and I think about, I grew up in the state of Michigan, and we had a governor there named uh, Milliken. And Milliken, Governor Milliken was there, I think he was there for 13 years he was a governor, okay? And he was really a good governor. He kept getting reelected, and, he, and his policies were good. The state was very healthy. There was a real boom that was happening in the state at that particular time. I mean, he ruffled some feathers, and he, and he smoothed out the others, and he just kind of did his thing as he kind of moved along. And um, and so when I see political people that are in place that have the intent to do a good job and they have good policy and stuff, I don't want them to be limited. Okay, if they're willing to serve and stick their neck out, I I just love to do it. But like you're probably thinking, there's not that many people that are like that. Okay, so the other thing is, is I think about term limits, and this is why I think the value of the vote is so powerful. If you want somebody out. You just got to vote them out. But you've got to also inspire and motivate and cultivate the base of people to move to vote for a different candidate or be that candidate or or find another candidate that can inspire people out. And so in some ways, I think that was also part of the plan is they, they, they envision a republic, right? And they envision the republic engaging in the, in the process to elect or to re- reelect somebody into office or what have you, but I'm with you, man. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of, uh, there's people that I just scratch my head and I can't believe they keep getting reelected. And then you see those that just really manipulate and work the system for their benefit. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, if you look at all her inside stock trading and stuff, it was legal for them before. And you see how her wealth was accumulated. You've got to scratch your head and say, hmm. You know, I mean, this is a perfect example of a career politician that has gone beyond what I think the vision of the forefathers. So, but um, no, I appreciate you saying that. And, and um, just to follow on as we get there, Mike, thank you, is uh, Joe Biden, for instance. Okay, here's a guy. He's been in office for 47, 48 years or what have you. He took a little break here after uh, President Obama retired, you know, for the second term there. But you just go, oh my gosh, it's continuous service. And that was one of the things that the president pointed out during the debate is, look, you had all these years. What did you do? Where did you go? What did you accomplish? And he really can't point to one specific things. And everything he pointed to, he just got shredded on because he just didn't have any legitimacy. Or if you have legitimacy to it, you look at the impact of the outcome and you go, What? You know, when you start seeing impacts of outcome and policy where President Trump's able to stand up and say, hey, Latinos, all-time lowest unemployment. Blacks, all-time lowest unemployment. Women, wage earners. The middle class had the biggest raise in, or, uh, earning income increase or what have you. You start going boom, 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 boom. Those are very material. The regulatory reform and all that stuff, very material things that were happening amongst this administration. So you can sink your teeth into it and get it. But again... Term limits, I love the concept, but I love it even more when it's driven by the people for the people. So if you want to take somebody out, well, man, get that candidate, get somebody who has the courage to stand up and get pounded on, but then give them the support they needed. Support comes by way of knocking doors, making phone calls. But, you know, people say that, oh, money's not everything. It is part of the equation to have a good outcome. So you have to fund a good campaign in order to communicate a great message. And so, again, this is Robert Graham. When we come back, we're going to dive right back into some of the meat and potatoes 
that are shaking up this. Who's going to win our Senate race here, U.S. Senate race? Who's going to win the presidency for that matter? What are the pundits saying? Are they right or are they wrong? We'll be right back after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham, and you are back at 960 The Patriot, and glad you're here. You know, that whole world, my, my sister has a little pooch named The Patriot, and this little guy is a teacup chihuahua, and I've never seen him, a little guy jump by way of his size, percentage-wise. I mean, he just levitates off the ground and has some remarkable energy, but reminds me of the movement that we're seeing happening right now, which is high energy, and we've got to jump. We've got to get there. We've got to make it happen. We've got to have the best possible outcome. We've got to engage in a way that's meaningful. Look, I have said this for years. When you engage people in legitimate dialogue where you have facts, figures, and you have a basis to have a discussion, it doesn't mean you, you sit there and quote a, a, a Excel spreadsheet. People will go to sleep. You have to work in real stories, and you've got to talk about things that um, are are sometimes hard to talk about, but do it in a way and try to make complex subjects as simple as you possibly can. You do that with stories, right? And you bring them along. Look, what has happened in your life that's been meaningful? What has happened as a result of the tax benefits or maybe the COVID relief or maybe this PPP that kept you employed? Who knows? But if you start to share examples of real life things that have impacted your family, good or bad, you will see that people will come closer to the message because they can feel it and they know it's authentic. And when you have an authentic approach to everything, you're good. If you start to put, you know, the label on your chest and you start to shove people around with the right wing ideologies, what happens is people will put up a wall, right? They stop listening to you. And so again, it's finding your way to a message that's meaningful. That's going to bring people to it. Look, I can't imagine a more pure form or pure way to help people with every aspect of their life than uh, uh, being a fiscal and social conservative. Okay, look, the formula lines up very nicely. It gives me freedom to do what I want when I want to do it. I look at my family. I think about education and school choice. I think of right to life. I look at everything that I want to do as far as economic development, innovation, and grow. I have a vision to grow a company, and I want to be able to do it without having suffocating regulations and things like that that put pressure on me to make it impossible for me to happen. If you start talking to people in Pennsylvania, look, one of the things you don't see in the media is that this is disgusting, actually. And quite honestly, I don't know why we haven't reported this more fully. I didn't know this. When I was driving through coal country, I went through towns that are tent cities. I spent about 11 years back and forth with Haiti. And you've always heard about those tent cities in Haiti. They exist in our country right now. 60%, six zero percent of western pennsylvania children don't have access to the internet and now they're not allowed to go to school right now right so how are these kids being educated now they're not do you think this is going to have an impact on crime do you think this is going to have an impact on employment do you think it's going to have an impact on the future of that state and all those people absolutely Right. And here's Biden. Oh, I don't think we should go back to school or do anything and wear a mask. Hey, by the way, you know, wear a hazmat suit. You can't hear each other with the mask. Let's just make it impossible to communicate and take it away. So those are the kind of things that become visceral. Right. They feel you feel it on the inside. When you look at a child sitting in just outside of a tent that was made from tarps, seven, eight year old little boy sitting on a five gallon bucket in shorts with no shoes on, messy brown hair like every one of my kids did when they were out playing in the summertime. 
and you know that he is sitting on his front porch and he's going to go in there. What happens when it rains, when these hurricanes, when the cold starts and all these things that those are the stories that we have to realize with great innovation, good leadership and with the right thing to stimulate economies like we're seeing are going to put those people back to work, give them their homes, their Internet, their education, their lives back. And so here we are. We get there. When you look at 538 polling predictive dynamics, you're going to say, oh, my gosh, this is going to be impossible. But if you looked at them again in 2016, 86% said it was a probability that Hillary was going to win. It's 89% now they're saying Biden's going to win. 538, garbage in, garbage out. Are these polls legit? Are you answering? If you're not, that's okay. But it just goes to show us that they really probably aren't so accurate. If you have any kind of intimacy with these surveys or polls or you feel like people are behaving inappropriately, you need to call 602-508-0960. Share your message. Today I witnessed a video that was sent to me where somebody went up to a mailbox, was filmed, good old ring, and I'll tell you all about that afterward. You're going to be appalled and shocked. I got to tell you, you need to duct tape the lids of your mailboxes closed and you need to keep an eye on it because what's happening ain't too far from what our concerns were, and that is people tampering with elections. Again, this is Robert Graham. You're listening to 960 The Patriot. Let's win because we have the best inspiring message. Let's keep those people from winning, even though they're cheating and doing other things. We've got to make sure to protect the integrity of the vote and the best possible outcome for this country. Be right back after the break. If you're on your way home today, thank you for tuning in. If you're at home or somewhere across the country tuning in, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I get text messages and, and emails when I'm on like this, and I appreciate the support and all those that are saying thank you. Well, I thank you. I mean, you guys are in the trenches, right? You're doing the best you possibly can, using your imagination and doing what you possibly can to have the best outcome. And we're flooded with information, and we do what we can with what we have. And then you try to process it. You're trying to stress yourself out. I mean, there's a lot of uh, angst, I think, with having the real-time, real information coming at us all the time. We don't get a break. A lot of times I'll come home, and uh, sometimes it's not the best when you have family all over the place. And I walk in my front door of a little table, and I just drop my phone right there, and I try to tune it out. And I go and plop on the couch, do whatever, work with uh, family like we did. We decorated pumpkins last night, and it was it was fun. It was just to try to disengage at some point where you can be healthy, and that's that's my challenge to all of you. You've got to have a place, a little happy place, where you can disengage and try to restore. I've been not listening to Fox in my car anymore. I've been listening to books on tape and stuff like that just to try to find my way to other perspective right now. If you look at all the looting and the challenges that are happening right now, it's downright discouraging. And if you are right of center and you see these polls, it kind of breaks your head open and sometimes you have a difficult time. Hey, speaking of polls, we've got Bob from Payson. Join us at here. Hey, Paul, how are, or Bob, how are you doing today? Hey, Robert, I'm fine. I hope you're well. Yes, I am doing well and staying healthy, knock on wood. Very, very good. Me too. Hey, um, I took my own poll up here several weeks ago. I'm just a little background. I was a lifelong Republican. I've been an independent for the past three years with the likes of Flake and Romney. I can't stand these turncoat people. I just refuse to be part of the party or pay dues, okay? Anyway, I went to the Republican headquarters up here, which they have a outstanding little Trump store, an 
every time I've been in there, there's 50 people in the place, especially wow. on weekends. So I went in there to get my yard sign. I put it in my yard. A couple weeks, this is about three or four weeks ago. My neighbor asked if I could get him a sign. He's uh, kind of not capable of getting around. I said, certainly. So I went down there four days ago. They had two signs left. I said, can I have one? They said, sure, take one. Don't take them both. That's the last one we have. I said, are we getting more? They said, no. I said, how many did we have? We had 10,000 signs. In Payson? They were down to two in Payson. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Every other house here, I'd say, almost, I'm guessing the population here, I'm not sure, is 12 to 15,000. And almost, I'm going to say every fifth house has Trump signs. Wow. Maybe you'll see one every 50 houses with a Biden Kamala Harris sign in their front yard. See, I saw that. I saw that in Pennsylvania as well. I mean, I was in that western region where they say Biden needs it. It was the same way there. Trump, 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 Biden. And go ahead. My sister lives in in Wisconsin outside of Madison. As soon as you get 10 miles out of of Madison, you start seeing billboards on the farms Mm. for Trump. Wow. In my opinion, this is going to be a landslide for the president at this time. And at one time, do you have time for another question? Sure. You were a Republican campaign chairman here in Arizona, is what you said? Yeah, the, the party chairman, yep. Party chairman. Can you explain to me, I'm sure she's a fine lady, Miss McSally, when she was lost to Kristen Cinema, who was a freaking socialist, why would you appoint her to compete against somebody else when she's already verified that she's a loser? And I, I swallowed my tongue and I voted for her, but I'd rather drink a beer with the guy at the other party. So here's what I've, here's, this isn't a cop out or a dodge, but it is kind of, I mean, I have never been able to really figure anybody out in politics. I, I look and I think, you know, why in the world? And, um, but I got to tell you, Martha and I are, have been friends for a long time and, one of the things that you have is you, you create winning formulas for elections. Kirsten Cinema has proven to be a professional candidate. Forget her politics. Just think about the right way she runs campaigns. And then her constituent services are really aggressive and good. Okay. So when she's out and she's working, you got to take that competition seriously. And I think some people, as it related to the election, didn't think that she would gather the momentum that she did in this state at the time. So... We were at a disadvantage because, and I was not chairman at that time, but I think she was, I think people just didn't really think that she had the capacity and just were not working as hard as they should have against it. Now, again, the appointment process, there's a whole set of formula that was put together by the governor and the people around him, and I have no idea what it was. So now what I, what the way I look at it is as things kind of chips fall, and I had this conversation with my son the other day, you know, even with Biden, if Biden were to win, I said, look, if he wins, he becomes the president of the United States and you need to respect the office of president. You have nothing to say until he starts to mess up. OK, so just take a deep breath and do it. So with this, I now she's there. OK, she's been working hard. She's been doing it. She's been a, a great ally to the president. And I pray that she beats Mark Kelly. And who knows? You know, I mean, your guess is as good as mine at this particular point. But again, they, I have they put this, good time. They put this, Robert, they put this lady up against an astronaut, a Navy fighter pilot. Yep. And I got to tell you, I was a test pilot myself the years. Those folks don't have low egos. 
No, you're right. They don't. And this is that man. I'll tell you, aren't you right? And that is it. But so I'm hoping, you know, all this momentum that you talked about pace and I've been hearing about it everywhere. And so that that's got to feel better. I mean, one of the things that I that I was uh, sharing in early hours, too, is Republican returns were way, way, way behind. We were like one hundred thirty thousand votes behind. I was freaking out, chewing my nails off last week. Today in Maricopa County, we have passed. We're like 12,000 up. So in a matter of less than a week, we've been able to close a gap that looked like it was not going to be easy to close, that we've closed it and we're moving forward. I don't have the statewide numbers because counties like Payson and Gila, or you have Gila County, right, and Payson, and then um, you've got uh, the different Yavapai and all that. They don't have the same reporting requirements as far as the frequency and so we're waiting for those numbers. So tomorrow we'll probably get a better update on what's going on with the state. But the reality is, is Republicans have the momentum and we've got the wind at our backs right now. So hopefully that's going to help lift us and pray the heck that we'll be able to hang on to that Senate seat. And again, I, I also see a lot of young kids, so I say young yep. kids, early, late 20s, early 30s, voting for Trump. I just ran into the Costco yesterday and they were the nicest kids you ever seen in your life. They had their Trump mask on. I said, That is so awesome. Well, Bob, thanks for calling. I appreciate you. And keep up the good fight and and keep spreading the message. You know what they say out there is every yard sign that you plant in your front yard is equal to gaining six votes because your neighbors are too afraid to ask you who to vote for. So if you stick a yard sign, if you looked at my yard, it looks like the state party headquarters. I got about a million signs in the front. And people don't have to ask, so they just go fill out their ballot. Again, this is Robert Graham. You're listening to 960 The Patriot. Look, it is always the most important election of our lifetime because what? We're always defending our freedom, our liberty. We want to have the best outcome for our country, so defend it by voting. Again, Bob, you're on it. You have the right mind and in encouraging those young people to vote. That is the mission at this particular point. When we come back, we'll recap some other dynamics that are happening with the state. And when, again, you'll hear some good signs that would point to victory, not just for Martha McSally, but for the president. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Robert Graham. And unfortunately, our time is wrapping up. It is... Um, Every time I get on and when we have feedback from Bob and other people that call in, it is great to hear your feedback. The questions, the concerns, the comments. I mean, everything when you get to the point where you start to unravel or unwind, I shouldn't say unravel, but unwind people's real thoughts. It is powerful because how many of you are sitting there and witnessing this or or going through the same anxieties as others as you push through this? This is this is not a real comfortable time, and especially when you care about the outcome. Again, if you watch sporting events and you have a favorite team and they lose, it doesn't feel good. I don't know if you watched the Cardinals and the Seahawks game the other day. That was an awesome game. I mean, regardless of which team you're rooting for, it was a great game. And it came down to the last little field goal, and bammo, here it was. The Cardinals pull it off. But the reality is it's the same way we start looking at this political stuff, right? The outcome in this case is going to mean much more than just putting points on the board. What it comes down to is what what do you have by way of your freedoms and liberties? If you watch, if you watch Kamala Harris's debate and even the last debate with President Trump and with Biden, if you listen real carefully to all their solutions, it's all government based solutions. 
hey, the government is going to do this. We're going to implement this as a government. You know, he even went as far as calling it Biden care, for heaven's sakes. I almost choked when he said that. I thought to myself, man, Trump, kill him with that, because this is not about Biden. This is the people's health care that we're talking about here. And this is one thing you could stuff it. But all of their solutions are that the government knows better, and we're going to control, we're going to drive, we're going to push, we're going to do what we can to make you smarter, because we don't really trust you, the people. So when you have government making the solutions all the time, it leaves us out. And what's better for you? Hey, did your, should your child go to a special school? Should they go to a charter school that's more geared for their abilities, talents, and skills? Or should they be jammed into some other program that doesn't allow them? Should you wear masks everywhere you walk because they're not comfortable with you walking around with masks that have been proven basically not to be very helpful for you catching, maybe spreading, but even Fauci and on calls that I've been on, I've listened to him say, you're just doing it for courtesy of other people's anxieties. That's it. So you start hearing these things of what are we doing here? Do you want the government to mandate, dictate everything? And do you want to be 100% dependent on them? Or do you want to have that life liberty and be able to pursue happiness? Because to me, having somebody mandate my life is not the pursuit of happiness. And I can't really find a formula or an equation that's going to guide me to that. So again, you are what we call Americans, right? You're citizens of the greatest country in the world. And if you've traveled, you know exactly what I'm saying. And when you get to this point where we're faced with this type of decision, it really comes down to ideology and the way you envision this country moving forward. Do you want to maintain liberty and freedom and be the dream of so many people around the world to find their way here? Or do you want to stifle us and destroy ourselves from the inside out? It's like a parasite. The mistletoe is not just a kiss under the bow. The mistletoe is a parasite that slowly kills the host. And that is a promise I don't want in my life. Again, this is Robert Graham. I love our country. I pray for the outcome this coming week. And I pray that we will be the greatest country forever. And we need to reelect Donald J. Trump. Thank you.